0: Thank you. Yeah, that's Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Zuniga, and we're doing a good old-fashioned retrospective a movie that's not nearly as old-fashioned, but damn if it's not a fantastic
1: film. It kind of came out and people forgot about it almost immediately, but it was a pretty damn good movie. Oh yeah, it was totally lost, and it's one of these ones where like I'll, I'll
0: meet people that have seen it kind of maybe six years later or so, which I guess is about as far as you can get because it's not that old, and they go, oh dude, this movie's fucking awesome. It's like, it's like a Fallout movie, but you know here it is and it's it's not the most like the original movie to kind of do that style like there's almost like a boy and his dog who you could say is kind of the origin of Book of Eli which is the movie we're talking about here
1: they say the war tore a hole in the sky only a few survived
0: was 30 winters ago, I have been walking ever since. Our only hope is in my hands.
1: Some would kill to have it. Will kill to protect it. Put that hand on me again, you won't get it back.
0: All right, want well, to do it. the hard way? And kind of leading into it. And in fact, they even got a cool poster in one of the rooms where Denzel Washington's at of a boy and his dog. And that movie right there is one of the main things that inspired Fallout. And they've taken a lot of things from a boy and his dog. Like dog meat is kind of like the derogatory term that, um, what's his name from Miami, Don Johnson calls the dog in there when he's ever kind of pissed off at him. And you know, Mm -hmm. they use that in all the Fallout games whenever there's a dog. Mm -hmm. So all those kind of neat things like that kind of, and I was even reading up more on the boy and his dog because... I watched that movie, That's that's a fantastic film. If anybody's never seen that, it's, like, 1976, I think. Don Johnson, he's, like, a kid in it. And it's about him and this dog roaming the wasteland after, like, World War Four. And the dog's telepathic, and they talk to each other, and they're just trying to, like, you know get by in life and then next thing you know he gets sucked into this underground world where it's kind of like this utopia but since these people have been living underground for so long they can't reproduce so they hook up don johnson to like a jerk off machine and try to steal his <laughs> life sperm <from him. laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: and you know if you play a fallout game that seems to happen all the time where, you, you know you, you get, get s- hooked
1: up until you get jerked off by a machine yeah. yeah
0: you gotta fight it off and then you realize it's, it's your fucking own son that's down there trying to jerk you off <laughs> it's so fucking <laughs> weird. and he's older than you
1: Wait, does that happen in there somehow? Or? In
0: Fallout Four, Fallout... Not, not the
1: jerk off machine. But... Oh, oh, okay. Well, no, I, I, I haven't finished Fallout Four. But... Oh, you haven't finished
0: Fallout Four yet? Oh, well, mm-hmm. we'll finish it one day. The sun d- doesn't jerk you off if that's what you want. Oh yeah, yeah. Like,
1: oh wow, that took a real. Like, Hi Dad, you know. So you know, let's just skip the let's just skip the uh, small talk and let's just get to the nitty gritty of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like I know oh, we haven't you?
0: seen each other in a long time, and you you think that I'm probably just a boy, but no, I'm a 68 year
1: old man. You know, jerking you off. <laughs> <nice and laughs> Sorry, that's the future. Everyone's far more open minded here. Yeah. Just you know, we're just, all cool like that. Like, just you know. drop the drawers. And let's go. That's when you get the like op- option of th- things to say. Like, <laughs> no, son, this isn't right. Okay, or like you know, like uh, or uh, try to convince or whatever. Twenty <laughs> percent. Yeah.
0: But Book of Eli kind of stemming from that kind of... E- no jerk-off machine. Yeah, you know, it stemmed from the you know the mix of between Road Warrior and a boy and his dog. And goes into this just totally fantastic movie. And I'm watching it again, I'm like, this movie's like a pure perfect movie. There's nothing wrong with it. Like, everything about it is great. Whole movie through, you're excited. And, you know, it about,
1: runs just a tad bit under two hours. It's by the Hugh brothers. Yeah. brothers but The same guys brought us uh, From Hell. Yeah, they long did From movies. Hell. They
0: did all those other movies like Dead Presidents and... There's some other 90s one that they did to them. Drawn they blind. didn't do
1: Boys in the Hood, didn't they? Yeah, yeah
0: the Boys to the Hood or Boys... Boys. Not Boys in the Hood. Because Boys in the Hood was the... I think I wrote it down. Menace to Society. That's what Menace it was. to Society. Because <laughs> Boys in the Hood was the ice cube blend. Oh, okay. But they did all these kind of different movies here. And then this one, I can't remember the exact reason why they were on such a long hiatus between um, doing Alan Moore's fucking From Hell book with Johnny Depp. Which that's, a, that's a cool movie too, but yeah, there's like a 10-year span between those two movies all the way up till Book of Eli.
1: And Book of Eli was fantastic. I thought that was a great book movie. Book of Eli great. And it, it
0: was one of those movies that kind of just kind of came out underneath the radar. I think it did well in theaters. Like, you know, good enough. I think it made over twice the amount of money that it cost to make, so.
1: One thing we should say real quick because, you know, we probably if you listen to this, probably know by this point it's going to be a lot of spoilers in this but um, the thing about the movie is, is semi, not entirely, semi kind of a Christian film. But not in a too much of a bad, preachy kind of way. I almost feel like... More it's, like in a
0: historical way, I feel. It's like kind of what it,
1: the Christian...
0: It's not like... There's, no, there's nothing preachy in the movie. And it's not like it's made to be like a Bible Thumper film or anything like that. It more just happens to be about a guy... Who's carrying around the last Bible on Earth because they were all destroyed after the war, thinking that that was the cause of the war? And he's just almost like sort of here. He's on like a mission from God, like fucking Blues Brothers style.
1: Should <laughs> we say the main character, Denzel Washington? Yeah, Denzel
0: Washington, who's Eli, um, and he's carrying around this book. So he's yeah. got the last book on Earth of the Bible, somehow, some way, and it's. He's on this crusade to get it to San Francisco, pretty much. You know, God just telling him to go west. That's in a sense, what it's kind of saying. And, you know, I guess when he gets out there, that's the whole point's preserved sort of history.
1: Yeah, and it's one of those things, though, I think that in lesser hands, this would have... Because when you say that concept, he has to get the Bible... <laughs> it really sounds like a Christian movie. Now, when I explain that, that sounds such like a fucking Christian movie. It really sounds like something like... Like, but you watch the movie. There's enough violence and swearing in it, and then when the way, the way they present it, because you say that, there's no way. It's it sounds like you know, it's like a Christian film. But as it goes on, though, it's more. You're not going to walk away knowing anything new about the Bible. It's just more of just kind of like, yeah, there's some good things in the Bible. Take from it, and it treats it more like like loosely, kind of like it like it is like you said, like a mission of God thing. And there's little things they get across. It's mission your, from God. Yeah. East needs Dan Aykroyd and like John
0: Belushi with them. Um, you, would you watch a Blues Brothers three movie, even though if it did, we didn't have those guys in, but it had like, but it was a post apocalyptic Blues Brothers movie, and they had to get back the band after a nuclear fallout.
1: If it was post apocalyptic, <laughs> yes, they had. I never we, saw. We, we bl- gotta
0: put the band. They, they come out of a fallout chill and like we gotta get the band back together. It's the only <laughs> way we could save this planet. It
1: was with blues music. <laughs> I I never saw Blues Brothers two thousand. Never I, saw that one. It's good. I hear mixed things about it, but it seems so weird to do without John Belushi. It is weird, but they got John Goodman. Yeah, and I love John Goodman, but it seems such like a weird thing, you know what I mean? But it's like, regardless though, I mean, I I might see it one day. That sounds like, go and post apocalyptic with Blues Brothers. I'd see that, but it was just another one. like, oh, wait till it comes on Netflix.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. That might be, that's just a cool idea, but still, going back to the book of Eli, so he's on this kind of mission, and he's just kind of walking the, the wasteland for like 30 years, and what's nice about this movie is they don't really explain too much of what happened. All you know is that some kind of nuclear attack happened, they don't really say what caused it, except for that it obviously involved like Christians and so on, like, because the whole point was to burn the whole Bibles at the very end mm-hmm. of that war, assuming that that was the main cause of it, but what's kind of nice about this movie is it almost depicts two different types of Christian people. It depicts almost like the good version, which is Denzel Washington, and then you got Gary Oldman, who's like the horrible Christian, which is like almost like the ones you see all the time in life. Mm-hmm. The guy that was gonna use the Bible is a weapon. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of it's kinda the interesting thing where Denzel, he's just there to do his thing and almost to preserve it as like, hey, here's this good way to live by life, and this is what I do, it doesn't mean you have to do it. And then there's the guy who's like, No, 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 we can take this. We can get people that we can get other towns under our control. You know, take over the world of this Bible, because the power in it, people will believe us. Because the words,
1: if I had the right, I know I have the power, I have the strength. If I just had the right words, I can get people on my side. Yeah, maybe, exactly. Which I is kind of like not even. I can make them not fear death if I just had the right words and the right passages, and they'd fall under it. Like you know, so and there's a part where he even. We should say this real quick. There is a part like this is almost like the prequel before the movie. On the special features, mm-hmm. there's a motion comic about Gary Oldman's character. And he was just a boy. It's called Billy, and it's Billy basi- boy. <laughs> and basically, what it is is it opens up. You see, he lives somewhere in the South, and he in has the some cattle. red ghetto, and like he has like some redneck mom who just sits like this house. Smoking cigarettes, just like I'm fucking pregnant <laughs> here, watching the tube, and just writing checks to like some like televised evangelical like programming. And just, he just hates it. He kind of sees it. And then at some point, he goes up to his room. This part, even though it's meant to be, like, scary and sad, I can't help but find this kind of funny. He (laughs) pulls out a nudie magazine. Yeah, he pulls out a nudie magazine. He's looking at it. Then all of a sudden, like, you hear a pickup pull in. Like, this big, like, haggard, redneck wife beating dad, Like, a a beer in his hand. Fucking a cross hanging down his, like, wife beater. (laughs) Throws the beer at his kid. Smacks the kid. Takes the magazine. Smacks him, like, four or five times. Then walks out with it, and then later, like, they're all passed out. You see he just looks around like, oh, whatever. You see he's pouring, like, gasoline, like, in a trash can. And this is all silent. This just has music, it's just these this graphic comic, this motion comic. He's pouring gasoline in this trash can, drops a, a bunch of checks that he was supposed to be sending to the church in there. Mm-hmm. Sets it on fire, kicks it causes a stream heads up because well, he, he
0: filled the entire house of gas yeah he,
1: yeah but they were almost trying to keep it kind of like a secret up until that point yeah. then it kicks kicks it over leads a stream a ga- the a stream of gas to the house ignites in flame walks out of there smiling <laughs> with with his bag and he it just says billy carnegie and the, la- the the only name gary oldman goes by in the movie is carnegie
0: yeah And he just burns his parents to death, and it's like, that's kind of like the origin of that character. It'd be kind of interesting if they would have strung that somehow some way into the movie. Mm -hmm. I know it'd probably throw off, that movie might throw off the pacing a bit, you know, but it's kind of cool. It's like in The Watchmen, like the ultimate cut, you get the little animated segment thrown in there. Mm -hmm. I need to see that at some point.
1: Yeah, that's the best best version of The Watchmen by far. But, uh, so basically, what's, one of the coolest things about this movie is how, uh, how, you see kind of how the world works just through little interactions, mm-hmm. it's the tiny interactions. And even though I love the got violence, and I love the action in the movie. It's all the small things. Like one of the best scenes in the movie to me is when Eli goes to this town. Basically, he's 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 trying to get to San Francisco. You don't really know where he's at exactly. He's just saying they he's just, going west.
0: They say West, and then when he gets there, well, oh, you, you, you obviously kind of realize he's in. Like, I've, I've Modesto. Tried, yeah, like, that's what I assume. It's water. gotta be like Modesto, maybe even a smaller town than that, like one of those little teeny valley towns. You know, even Stockton. Because, like, he goes to Sacramento. It looked like they and, were filming on site in Stockton. Some of those spots. <laughs> yeah. Well, because he goes to Sacramento at one point, because you see the two, like, uh, um, uh, nuclear reactor towers that are mm-hmm. up there. Yeah. So that kind of almost gives it away. I mean, you probably wouldn't notice that first time we're watching it, but once you know these going to San Francisco at the end, you kind of can piece together. It's like, oh, well, that's got to be Sacramento, just based on the distance it takes to get there and everything. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he's just some kind of valley town in California, and this is where he kind of runs into Gary Oldman, and Gary Oldman's kind of running this town here, and... What were you going to say?
1: Well, I was going to say, when he, when he first gets to that town, one of the best scenes, I think, is when he gets to, like, Tom Waits. Tom Waits runs, runs a shop. Mm-hmm. And kind of, like, you see all their little, all the little things they do. Like, I like how nothing's really explained in the movie. You just see it through their interaction. You yeah, know? and it's almost like, yeah, it treats the audience with some sort of respect. You don't have to, like, explain anything to them. And, like, you see him, he comes in. Like, as soon as he walks in, the guy's pointing a gun at him. He's just like... Puts his hands out. Lord, I'm your hands, one, boy. I'm not one of them. I'm not one of them. And then he's says, like, all right, We well, have to get out. He just takes the gun from him, points at it at Tom, waits. He says, I'm not one of them. I'm going to reach in my bag and give you the gun back. Go, okay? Okay? And he slowly hands the gun back. And then by the end of the scene, even though they just had a gun drawn on them and they still don't trust each other, they are kind of a little bit more friendly with each other. It's still... just the way that the world reacts. You know? Yeah. And like he's reaching in there. He's just like... Okay, so here's what I got. I got uh, lighters. I got uh, lighters nice, but I, I got a bunch of these. What else you got? Then he pulls out. It's like some of the small things you don't think about. Moist towelettes from KFC, KFC. are some of the biggest currency there. Like, oh, these are, oh, yeah, I need more of these. You got more Would of these. you know what? That's kind of weird. If
0: you've ever had any of those things, like after about three years or so, those things are almost always dried up. So I don't know how after 30 years <laughs> these <laughs> things are still fine. It, it, it's not really a complaint, but I'm just saying. like, Because, you know, you, sometimes you have those things, like, in your car, and you're like, oh, I need to fucking wash my hands. Whereas those things are like, oh, god damn it, it's all dry.
1: It, that had to be one of the only ways they can get in some, like, um, uh, what's the word? Product placement, product, product placement or something like that. Product placement without it being too, like, crowbarred in there. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I'm not completely... Well, we have a couple of those because he also has, like, Drake headphones on and, yeah, an iPod and... He has, like, there's, like, part the only, one, the only one that, like, blatant like, just really stood out to me, and I understand, but it's, like, Gary Oman pulls out a megaphone just front and center. It says Motorola across oh. it, like, front and center, and it just, it's only for a second, but it just, it really stands out, but it's not that big of a deal. um they have this great interaction, this great bartering scene. It's kind of like those small scenes like that. Mm-hmm. They're just bartering, trying to, like, trade things back and forth. He's like, uh, what about, uh, what about, you know, like when he goes to get watered to the place across, across the street, mm-hmm. like when he's like pulling out just like, you know, different like things like, oh, here, I got some leather gloves. I got this. I got that. That'll get you about halfway full, you know? Yeah. yeah.
0: Everything's a barter system to trade. And actually before he even gets to the town, there's kind of another interesting scene beforehand, which almost explains this, this world that, you know, once you've seen a handful of post that you kind of assume this stuff, but it still works well where, He comes across, there's, like, this girl that's, like, all beaten up and mangled underneath, like, a shopping cart. And she's like, oh, mister, I need some help, I need some help. And he kind of walks up to her, but not, he knows that it's a trap. And then all of a sudden, he's like, I can smell that there's five others here. Because I can always tell, because in this day and age, everybody's got a scent to him, because nobody can take showers.
1: And he even said something to the lines of, like, best part about free soup, you can smell hijackers five miles off.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, like... They kick it down, they're like, oh, you got us, whatever. And then they get into this big fight, which is kind of neat. And the thing is, too, like, this is kind of guess the big spoiler, because you don't want us to the end, but Denzel Washington's blind for this movie. But, like, after you know that from the end of the movie, you can watch it from the beginning and see all the points of, like, oh, like, here's the things. Like, one, he seems to smell things more. Two, he backs him into the darkness, because he doesn't really need to see. I, I, I kind of vision that he has, he can see, but he just has really horrible sight. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that kind where, like, everything's kind of blurry. He can still make out objects and things like that, but re- he can't read, and he can't really, like, you know, see well, so he's pretty much blind. And that's, I guess, also where, like, he's following the word of God, and that's, like, what's, you know, taking him on his path, though he's this blind man who also knows martial arts and all this kind of stuff, too.
1: Which I almost kind of took He's his... pretty much
0: like Daredevil, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> out in the Old haggard
1: woods. Daredevil. And, like, the first shot they show the movie, it's almost very artsy. Like, the first ten minutes of the movie or so... There's no real dialogue. It's almost like this weird arts film. He's out in this, like, dead forest. Ash is coming down. Yeah, just totally radiated because he's got this big, huge suit on and everything like that. And he's in this, like, he's holding back this big-ass bone arrow. There's a corpse there. He's waiting for some animal to come by. It's a cat. Takes the cat out.
0: And it's a hairless cat, too.
1: Yeah, so you don't feel as bad for it. So. (laughs) It's not so cute, so eat the fuck out of that cat. (laughs) You know, but, um... I think that was more just a dude. It's like it's been radiated, so it doesn't have fur anymore. That, too. But I think it's also just like, well, you don't want to see him kill a cute cat, you know? <laughs> I think it's almost like just the settlement. Plus, at the same point, like, uh, you know, I, I don't like seeing animals die in movies, but it's Denzel Washington. It's, it's, it's t- Denzel <laughs> Washington. He can kill whatever the fuck he wants. But yeah, he needs to survive, goddamn. Yeah there's plenty of cats there's only one denzel so (laughs) anyway so he's then walking down the road and he's coming across like very like he they don't they don't flat out say hmm i need some boots but you can kind of look he has tattered boots he's checking corpses and skeletons along the way checking their feet and then he comes to this little old abandoned house and in there he's just walking around there's a punk rocker looking guy that hung himself. Mm-hmm. He's, he finds the boots like, oh, yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, that's another thing you said because he's, he's always
0: feeling. Yeah, because you, you, it's like the, it, the first time you watch the movie, you, it doesn't explain that he's blind until literally like the last five minutes of the movie. So it's kind of cool going back and watching it. And I know that kind of gives it away if you've never seen it before, but not, not too bad. It's just neat to be able to go back and watch it and then kind of point out like, oh, I see. you see it all coming, but like you would never really notice it because they do it so well of kind of hiding it. Mm -hmm. that he's blind because he's always wearing those
1: sunglasses too
0: yeah he's mostly always
1: wearing sunglasses and And when he's not wearing them it's pretty like low lighting so you can't see his eyes because they have that kind of like glassed over like uh, yeah just a
0: little bit over them and stuff and so yeah he's always feeling things and things like that too
1: and you could say maybe he has superpowers from being like one because they don't really radiation they don't could be that too (laughs) The voice in his head is just actually just crazy. <laughs> it's just really, he's kind of like Deadpool. He's got multiple voices in his head. <laughs> he thinks it's God. I was going to say, uh, one thing they could, they could possibly be is like, yeah, he's... is I was I was wondering if it's one of two things. It's either he has a voice telling him the whole time, okay, there's a guy on your left. Shoot there. There's a guy on your right. Shoot there. Stay where you are. Turn around. Shoot. I was, it's either that or it's a possibility of just kind of like... I think it's more of that than it is because he says he's following a voice in his head mm-hmm. I think it's more of that than what I'm about to say it could also be that like he sort of has vision again because he still when, when the, the body's hanging there he kind of backs away so it was like he was blind at one point but now he has his sight back because he's on this mission but I think it's more but I think given other things it's more likely he probably has the voice telling him what to do
0: yeah and I still think it's most ones like I think he's got partial vision, just, like, not mm. enough to be able to... Re- like, he couldn't read, like, a regular book. He has to read, like, mm. Braille or something like that. You
1: know, he can see, but it's pretty
0: pretty deteriorated.
1: hmm And then once he gets to... Like, it's also the small things you don't think about. Like, when he's... It's, like, the most quiet moments of this movie are my favorite parts, even though the action is badass. Oh, yeah. When there's action in this movie,
0: it's so, some of the coolest action. Going back to that scene where, like, he finds that girl there, and it's a trap, and he leads him back into, like, the dark kind of uh, underpass... He has this badass battle where he's, like, he takes out his blade and he fights off, like, six guys. And one guy's got a chainsaw. One guy's got an axe and all this stuff. And he's just taking them all down. And Denzel, in this movie, was trained by well, one of Bruce Lee's uh, prodigies who, straight enough, was born in Stockton. So maybe this all ties <laughs> it together, like, why this is in that kind of area. So he was trained, like, by Bruce Lee's guy. And they just have these great fight scenes in them. There's probably maybe only about three of them in
1: the movie, but when when they are there, they're so cool. In each fight scene, though, it's way different than the other. Just the way it's shot and presented. Mm-hmm. The first fight scene, he backs them into this shadow, into this um, into the sh- shady overpass. So all you see is their silhouettes, and it's almost like a side scroller. His like the side vision, just silhouettes fighting. Mm-hmm. You can kind of totally tell what's going on, and it's almost kind of like western action because there's a buildup. And when it happens, it happens very quick. It's over quick, really but it's very brutal and hard. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of like Faster, which Faster is one we should do at some point. I yeah, think. that's a great but, movie. But, um, yeah, so he's knocks all the, he knocks all these guys down. It's a very quick scene. And each sh- action scene is shot a little different. And then later, there's another scene we'll get to where he's fighting in a brawl. And he's fighting like 15, 20 guys, give or take. The camera is rotating. It happens so quick, but he's knocking all these guys out. Mm-hmm. And then, like, then there's the next one after that. It's a shootout. It's a very traditional-style shootout, which still looks good, but it's over pretty quick, but it still looks cool. Then the next one, the final action scene, I guess, it's constantly rotating. It's rotating around a whole scene with another shootout, kind of going to one side of the battlefield to the other side. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, they, they change it up each time, but it's, yeah, every single
0: one of them is really cool. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, there's probably maybe about all of about five major action scenes maybe in this whole movie, you know, if that even, and then like maybe a couple little tidbit ones too, but
1: other than that, but it works so well. It's such a good movie. And then, um, so once he gets to this small little town, first off, he eats the cat in this little abandoned, uh, this little abandoned house, cooks the cat, and it's just a very nice quiet moment. He puts on some old R&B, he's Mm -hmm. listening to it, and... Well,
0: he's got this little motorcycle battery that he's carrying around, so he can like charge his iPod and any other electronics he sort of has, and that's the whole reason he kind of goes to the town in the first place to find Tom Waits. So he's like, "Yo, I need you to charge this
1: battery." Mm-hmm. And that's where they have the bartering system. Then he goes in there like, "You yeah, guys got water here?" So then he goes across the street. That's where we're introduced to Gary Olman, who's the guy who runs this town and pretty much he he runs it and rules it with pussy, booze, and fear. That's yeah. what kind of keeps it going. And before he even gets there. Denzel witnesses like a young traveling couple get ambushed by a bunch of marauders, and those guys just kill the guy, rape the girl. Kill take the, the girl, sh- yeah. And they don't really the- show it; they just show it. They imply enough of it. Mm-hmm. And then once he gets back, once he gets there, he kind of these guys are in the to town. You see, oh, they work for Gary Olman, and Gary Olman's looking for a book. They don't yeah. say what book; he's just looking for a book. So they have these
0: kind of like Neanderthal guys go out and. They just keep bringing back piles of books and magazines and stuff, thinking that they're gonna find the right one, and then they can't figure out why. They're like, "What the fuck? We like keep bringing books back. What do you mean? There's not the right one? It's like not the right book. I'll know it when I see it." And and Gary Oldman, I guess you could say, because Gary Oldman and both Denzel Washington, what makes those two characters kind of unique is they're some of the only older people in this entire story. Everybody else is pretty much young. Mm -hmm. Everybody's maybe like in their twenties or so, and then these guys happen to be the guys that are over fifty years old. Mm -hmm. You know, roaming the wasteland. So they have knowledge of like a world before the nuclear fallout, because I think it's supposed to be about 30 years since then. That's, so it's, and I'm guessing since the movie's made about 2010, the movie takes place in about 2040, give or take.
1: Yeah. That's and- kind
0: of like what I'm going with. So these two guys are both guys that come from a world that was, you know, civilized at one point. They both know how to read. They both know how to write. They both know all these things like that, where everybody else is kind of like the, they, never, they never learned how to read, never learned how to write, never learned how to do things. They just know how to kind of survive, and that's it.
1: And Gary Oldman gives a great bad guy speech, which he's fantastic at, but mm-hmm. an especially good one in this one. He says, it's ironic. Guys like you and me, we're the future, because we know how the world used to run. So
0: Yeah. And it's just these interesting things like that. And Gary, Gary Oldman's always
1: fantastic, but this one, he's you know
0: just as good as always. I was
1: really glad to see him kind of play, even though he was somewhat, like, somewhat of a villain in this movie came afterwards, somewhat of a villain in Rise of Planet of the Apes, or mm-hmm. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. And then, like... Is, is he in Rise, too? No, he's not. Okay, I can't remember if he was no. in get, I get confused which one is which. But the most recent play of the Apes. Yeah. He was in that, and he was kind of a villain. Not really, but kind of a villain. Yeah. More misunderstood kind of character. And uh, even though he's really good at that, I, I, even though he's really good at the villains, I still like it when he plays, like, a Commissioner Gordon, where he's not playing the villain. He's playing, like, the good guy. Because he can do that pretty well, but this is one of those roles where he's, like, just doing a fantastic job is, like... The over-the-top villain. Well, that too, and the thing, too, is he's not really over-the-top on this one.
0: It's not like, you know, you look at other Gary Oldman he's roles like He's very much like a Western villain, though. He's very much a
1: Western villain.
0: Yeah, well, he is, but I don't think I don't consider him over-the-top. I think this is a pretty... I guess as far as Gary Oldman goes, it's pretty grounded.
1: Let me put it this way. I guess in other contexts, he is blatantly like, yeah, he is definitely like a Western villain. Like, this guy is bad. No two ways around it. But it, it, I guess you're right. In comparison to things Gary Oldman usually plays as a villain, yeah, it is kind of like, oh, that's pretty. That's pretty hold, held back for Gary Oldman. <laughs> yeah, that, that's I mean for him, it's pretty
0: like grounded and like it feels more like a regular person in a sense that just happens to want to take over the world.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> just a regular guy that wants to. Take over just them. you know,
0: because that's how I kind of feels. It doesn't feel like he's like the super villain guy. He just happens to run this town and you know wants his book so he
1: can take over more towns. Yeah, you yeah, know he's got ambition. <laughs> no, but um, so after you know Denzel goes there, he sees uh Solara played by M- 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 uh, Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis, who and- apparently I was originally going to be played by Kristen Stewart. No, was going to be played by Kristen Stewart. Yeah, I can it, see that being she couldn't
0: interested. do it because of the Twilight movies, but mm-hmm. which I, I would say this. I like Mila Kunis more, but like seems more she like could have probably done Star a good job is. doing it. Yeah, I, I would say it feels almost like you could see where maybe it was a little bit more
1: geared towards her at first, and then they kind of like rearranged it for Mila Kunis but because I'll say that I mean I don't know how old the two of them are uh Kristen Stewart looks younger and comes across younger so I think but that, I don't th- I really don't think because Mila Kunis is really not
0: I think she's only like 35 or something right now so she's probably 30 in that movie if not maybe a tad bit younger
1: mm-hmm. and I could see I think Kristen Stewart I think Kristen Stewart's is around our age so, so yeah she's she, she would have been years like younger. 20 so when that movie came out she probably would have been like 23 or 24 which
0: probably would have seemed a little bit more logical for how that kind of character's supposed to be aged around
1: but mm-hmm. she, still it seems like she's kind of playing an 18 year old or maybe a 20 year old yeah and that's kind of how it feels in the movie yeah but um regardless i mean Mila Kunis did a great job so and the, as the movie goes on though so she, basically she she sees Eli beat the fuck out of all like these guys in this bar after some of the smallest thing like it's just Denzel being Denzel he just like try to mind his own business some fucking inbred hillbilly starts some shit well no cuz what Denzel does is he's trading with the, the bartender guy and he
0: pushes this cat out of the way and the guy comes and he's like that's my fucking pussy you don't fucking move <laughs> was that cat bothering he's like well i was just chewing her away what what so you got a problem with this cat well this cat's been coming to this bar for 20 years hell this cat drinks more alcohol than any other person in this <laughs> bar like so i'm saying this cat there's more of a right to be in here than you, which almost comes across kind of like racist because there's like no other black guy in the bar. <laughs> so, this is like one of these like horrible, like old fashioned western things, which actually now it makes it makes sense, it feels very western
1: right there. It definitely is a western in this movie. And then he comes in, and he's so like, Mr. Jingle's here, you shouldn't be fucking around with me. He's like, Well, I was just pushing the cat out of the way. Well, yeah, we'll fucking
0: take this. And they get this big fight, and then it's badass. But so
1: then he just does a thing where he just like grabs a guy, slams his face to the fucking bar, his eye oh, is all bladed up. He says, like. I know who you are. You're a killer and rapist of the of the road and da da da. da. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna get my stuff and I'm gonna leave. Alright? We're gonna do just then he suddenly becomes like cool Denzel, like yeah. alright, but he like stands him up, puts his hands on his shoulder, I'm gonna leave, okay man? I'm just gonna get my stuff and wait for my water to come back, and I'm gone, okay? He's like, okay, okay, then he falls over. I'm not sure if the guy got if that somehow killed him or if it just knocked him out and the guy just falls over. Denzel's like,
0: fuck. He grabs
1: his <laughs> shit. He's about to walk out. A couple of guys stand the way with their weapons out. And that's where he's reciting a passage from the Bible, you know, mm-hmm. saying, like, basically at the end of the day, you're all going to fucking die. Just a nice poetic way of saying it. And that's where this big badass scene happens where it just kind of rotates around this fight scene, just solely centering on Denzel.
0: Yeah. And just another badass one. And then from there, Gary Oldman kind of takes an interest in this guy and kind of puts him up in his room with his fucking um boy and his dog poster puts him in the room. he tries he I- gives him food kind of comforts him because he hears that this guy is somebody else who can read and he has some kind of book or he has a knowledge of a book
1: he just has a knowledge he just yeah he's just like oh you're an old guy like me someone else who actually does a really good job is um ray stevens mm-hmm. ray stevens is a fantastic job because he's the right hand man but they kind of give him a lot more character, a lot more of a character, a lot more of a personality than your average right hand. Well, the
0: nice thing too, because he's really not a bad guy. He's just kind of a guy taking a job. It seems like you know he <laughs> he doesn't want to do evil things, but he knows that in this kind of world, you gotta you know kind of you gotta kind of sort of take this job because. Or else, you know, it's all about survival. But he doesn't want to do evil things, you know.
1: The only thing that's kind of weird, he's, he's kind of creepy when it comes, to, like Mila Kunis. He's like, I want that little girl. I want her. As long as I get her, I'll be happy, and I can <laughs> retire on a farm and have a good time. <laughs> what, are you gonna, what are you gonna farm out there? I don't know, like a rated corn or something. I want one of them two headed cows that I can ride. <laughs> we all remember that Fallout game before them bobs came down. You <laughs> know, Brahmin. Yeah, hey, give me a Brahmin. If you want to ride one? <laughs> It's Roll song. me over, turn me around. <laughs> Let <laughs> me keep spinning till I hit the ground. You remember that song, right, Gary? Yeah. Or, like, we got on the jukebox. <laughs> That's all we got left. Thin Lizzy is the only... Like, just that track of that album is the only thing they have left. It's like, I just want to live that laugh.
0: Cowboys laugh at the laugh for me.
1: <laughs> no, but um, he's just living his life strictly by that song. He's just like, <laughs> all right, well... Like, all I gotta get me is a Brahmin. This, this, you know, that's all we got is a Brahmin. Yeah, I mean, gotta get me a woman. It's like a bowl so. rodeo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and shit, I can, ma- I can, ma- I can make a rodeo. I can just like roll some rocks together, and make a makeshift corral. Yeah, and, you know, there you go. Charge a mission. Yeah, people like that shit. We need some joy out here in the wasteland. It's
0: kind of like a, in a boy and his dog. There's a part where they come up and they like to like a movie theater where they feel like gated it all around stuff and they're charging sort of like a mission by like bartering and whatnot to get in there. That's kind of like oh, there's those you know we got an old projector that we can show stuff to. That's pretty cool. I mean, I almost want saying that movie, they're like watching like, some kind of weird like, nudie picture or something like that, you know, because in the wasteland. <laughs> you don't you got need. the internet, so why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, the boy and the dog, they make it up, because so it's like, almost like no women like, whatsoever. Like, that's like the most rarest thing out in the wasteland. It's just a bunch of dudes fucking like circle
1: jerking. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, so basically, Ray Stevens is kind of like, he's kind of like, oh, yeah, you should take him up with his offer. He knows what he's doing. You he get good work for, working for this guy. And he he seems kind of like he doesn't really um, he does like you said he doesn't want to do bad things but he's just trying to be a realist about the whole thing so he just takes the job like probably if he if he did, if he wasn't in the society he'd probably be a normal guy just working at a propane at a propane yeah, shop somewhere you know, he,
0: that's kind of just a nice guy
1: but he happens just in this kind of world and then the only thing that's just odd about him is just the whole like Mila Kunis thing she's like I want the woman.
0: Beyond that, though... I think it's just like, that kind of weird thing where it's just like, once again, I don't think there's a whole lot of women out in this world either. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of like, she seemed nice. She didn't seem infected. <laughs> diseased. Not the rest of them not muted. I don't want no mutant women.
1: There's actually another thing about this, because we, we see this once he's up in Gary uh, like room in his main area. We see that like he primarily, because uh, Mila Kunas' mom is blind. Mm-hmm. And you see that he primarily has a bunch of blind people working for him. Yeah it's like small things like that you know and i don't know
0: if that blindness maybe came from the fallout or something like that too you know those diseases might have spread just with radiation who knows he
1: he he said that happened but then the mom said no she got it because of the uh because she was just born that way oh, but it came yeah, from so. but it came but it was a common thing where people were blinded from the fallout and the radiation and then um he's all like well he's not going to stay he's uh, he, he's a he's a warrior or whatever he's not going to stay here and he's like well, it looks like I'm just gonna have to, like, you know, get your daughter to fuck him, I guess, you know. So that's what Mila Kunis goes there, up to his room in a, in a sexy little nighty. Mm-hmm. Denzel's like, "Nah, no, let's just read the Bible instead." <laughs> it all kind of works out, though, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, at first, like, "No, no, you get out of here. I don't want you." He's like, "No, no, no, I have to stay here. He'll, he'll beat my mom mm-hmm. if you feel like. You don't let me stay here."
1: So it's like, "All right, all right." So he stays, and then he let, then like, you know says, so we're just going to do, he just teaches her, he kind of teaches her about the old ways before, without, like, going too much into it.
0: Yeah, like, they sit down, he's like, there's more than enough food for me here. So they sit down, he's like, let's have a meal how old people used to have meals and stuff. Mm-hmm. Where we'd sit down and bitch about each other's dating. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they sit down, they, have a nice, they, they say grace, and she kind of learns all these weird things like that. And they have this almost, like, nice kind of, like, moment. But from him kind of teaching her some of those things... When she goes back to have like, a meal with both um, Gary Oldman and her mom, she says grace, and he's like, whoa, 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 where'd you fucking hear that?
1: Well, what I like about that is like, she, he, she's trying to like, remember everything he said, like, thank you for the company, thank you for the food, yeah. all this and that, and she says, then there's something, and Gary Oldman, you see the look on his face, it's slowly changing, That getting, she's getting shaved by one of his blind servants, and he turns around and he yeah. says, like, you're thinking of Amen.
0: Yeah, that's that, that, that's the last part of it.
1: That's how you say you're done. He just walks over to her. He said you he read it. He said he read every day. Where'd you learn that? What the fuck is he reading every day? <laughs> yeah, and that's where it's just like it's one of those he grabs her. He's like, you're hurting your mother, Solara. What? He's just pulling on her hair, just like shaking her. It's like no, no. you know, this is where this is almost where I think in lesser hands it would have came like a Chris, Chris uh, Preachy Christian book. That book has power, Where it? What was the mark on it? it had a mark on it. What did it look like? That she puts her fingers together, making a cross. She's like, <laughs> like, oh just like, she's like, I had this. Like, so she was like a pentagram. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's the book he's carrying around. Well, that would probably work too. Yeah, no, I don't care. <laughs> Doesn't matter what it is. Hell, give me a Norse book. Fuck, I don't give a. It's like it's like a Scientology book or something. It <laughs> <laughs> had a picture of this guy She points a picture of
0: Mission Impossible too. <laughs> <laughs> Because there's all these posters hanging up of different movies in that, and that, you know, all over that place. So it wouldn't be it wouldn't be that out of context. The point to that the points to one of like risky businesses.
1: Any like Warner Brothers film that Tom Cruise is involved in. Yeah. So it's like points to the Last Samurai or something. <laughs> yeah, had that guy on it. <laughs> but so then he's like, oh, we gotta get this fucking guy. You know. Then he goes over to his room. He's not there. And this is like one of those things. Like I kind of. I feel bad for this guy, but I like this part, because it's just some of those small things you never really see in movies. Like, you'll see they fuck up, but, like, the, the guard fucks up somehow, and they kill the guard. Well, he's like, he's like, he's like, where'd he go? He's like, I don't know, I was standing here all night. And he, and it, like, had one of these things, like, they go in there, they look around, like, he's gone. He's fucking gone. They just walk by, and the guy had this look like, I don't know, I, it's hard to explain, because I've, it's like, you've had this at your job, <laughs> but you never see it like this in the movie. The guy's just like, I was just trying to I, i'm sorry i was I was trying like not even like boss, I was here almost it was just like I, i'm sorry i was I was trying those boom shouts him the head, the head. And like Ray Stevens doesn't even look he's just like what oh, whatever. he's he just it's almost kind of like, you know what I'm just gonna make it quick for this guy, Carney's gonna make it bad for him, so boom, yeah, it's almost like it felt like mercy once again yeah yeah he's
0: he, he knows that if he doesn't kill the guy like this, it's just gonna be worse for him, so it's just like whatever let's just I'm doing you a favor like I't do I don't want to I, I'm the guy that's gotta fire you from your
1: job I don't want to but I'm gonna make it quick and easy and firing in this world means killing <laughs> Carnegie wants to send you down to the fuck dungeon so we'll just do it this yeah. way and then like what they, they confront him out there and this is where he gives it, in one of his great Gary Ullman bad guy speeches like if I just had the words the power of that book you know that kind of we thing we could take over towns we could take over the world and, like, and, that. and, and, and like Denzel's like nah man I don't like he's that. like
0: Ray Stevens what are we gonna do tonight <laughs>
1: <laughs> roll me over and turn that's all he ever fucking don't to ask him that's all he ever fucking says okay that's well, the same thing we do every night we're gonna look for that Bible dun dun dun
0: dun dun <laughs> he's Gary man. he's gonna take over the world da, 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 da he's looking for the Bible
1: <laughs> So that's got like, Ray Stevenson yeah. as his pinky breath <laughs> I'd watch that yeah no, but so what ends up happening is they have this whole like back and forth. They get in this shootout right there. And uh, Denzel just annihilates these fuckers just without even trying. Like, well, they have walk. a
0: cool moment where, like, the first couple shots, they just go past Denzel as he's walking with his back turned. And so the rest of the guys other than Gary Ullman start going, like, oh fuck, maybe this guy is some like holy man, this spirit, you know, from God knows where. He's got this power that he can't be killed. You know, so for a while there, you know, during the shootout,
1: he, he doesn't get hit whatsoever, but he shoots all these other guys with like pure accuracy. And then, like Gary Ullman's just like, I like this guy. He just like, she's like, you got guns, fucking shoot up because they're all like stopping. The fuck are you standing around for? He just loses his shit. And then he gets to this big shootout, and it's I, what I, something I do like about this movie is a lot of times, you know, someone gets shot in the arm or leg, and it's just like, oh, just let me like pinch that out and walk it off. You know, and this one... You, you get, get shot, it, it carries the whole rest of the movie, yeah. G- then, like, uh, uh, Gary Oldman gets shot in the leg, and the rest of the movie, that's with him, and that, that's like, what kills like, him. fucks him over. He's, like, he's shot in the leg, like, oh, God fucking damn it, because you, you take, you, you, you don't think, oh, yeah, in this world, you don't got, like, you don't got pre- proper medical facilities, you're low on medicine, you get something small as a gunshot wound in the leg... And you get infected, that's you're it. You're fucked, yeah. That's what
0: happens, is he gets infected towards the end... And yeah, ends up passing away because of it.
1: We don't even see it, but it's implied, basically. Yeah. There's a deleted scene where it happens, but I like the way they do it more in the movie.
0: Yeah. Because, I guess, technically, yeah, the deleted scene, it shows him laying in bed, and it shows the blind, like, Mila mom, like, reading the Bible.
1: Which, I like the idea where she just let him die, it's like, you're losing your power, you're losing your grip on the city. Fuck you. And walks out, so here's this guy. Well, she doesn't, because
0: she's blind, it's kind of this all towards the end, but, like... She literally goes up and puts his her hand on his forehead. And he almost has it where like, it's almost like a priest putting the hand, like, cure me with your blind yeah. power. Yeah. You know, he's like, oh, I'm taking it. And the thing was that she's just going like, yep, I can tell because I can I can smell your infection and I can feel that you have a fever. You're dying.
1: Mm-hmm. And, that's and, his- and
0: she's almost like laughing because she knows that this is it. That there's nothing more for you. Which she probably shouldn't be laughing because now there's a bunch of like star crave, Maisie like maniacs downstairs, tearing the place up, like raping and pillaging down there, which is like the last thing you want if you're blind in a woman.
1: Yeah, I mean, she probably—I'm guessing she probably has an escape plan. She's probably she jumps and, in a fucking rocket and shoots out. Yeah. That, like, what the, like, <laughs> She's been planning it for years. I'm and guessing she hasn't seen for 30 plans. years. She's been building this rocket. <laughs> the only thing is, she's blind, so it's pointing in the wrong direction. <laughs> so it's facing downwards. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but uh, so uh, we're kind of on a blind people marathon. We have like been, we had like Daredevil. Daredevil. Oh, then we kind of took a break with E or equals Daredevil. Now we got this, so we're back, kind of back on our blind people thing. But anyway, so. Uh, but then, you know, uh, Denzel gets out of there, kills a fuck ton of guys. This is where he has one of those moments with Ray Stevens. Ray Stevens has the gun drawn on him, looks him in the eye, has it drawn, and just pulls away. Like, he... It's, you're not sure if it's out of respect or out of, like, you know, maybe there is something more to this guy. Maybe he is, like... Oh, yeah, maybe this
0: guy... Maybe this isn't somebody we should be just killing and raping and murdering like everybody else.
1: Yeah, and he just lets him go. And just, like, whatever. Because, like, Carnegie's not there. He's like, okay, I'll just pull my gun down, like, fuck off. And then he's like, oh, we're still chasing after this guy? Because then
0: Carnegie realizes,
1: like, this is the man with the bomb. We got to chase him
0: down. So they get in, like, those Mad Max, like, vehicles and start, like, chasing after there. And Denzel, and then Mila Kunis comes to follow Denzel. And he's like, no, 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 you go back. I don't want you here. And then she's like, well, I can show you where the water is because I'm, like, the only person that knows where this, these secret, like, oases are and whatnot. So they go there, you know, fill it up, knock out some poor guard who's just fucking working a job. I always feel bad for any of those guys that are just fucking I'm working a die job now. <laughs> yeah. And then he locks her in there, which probably is, like, almost, like, worse for her. (laughs) But whatever. He's like, I gotta do this alone. I gotta go.
1: She's too important for me just to kill. Yeah. So, yeah, but uh, he ends up... uh... So, basically, Mila Kunis gets out of there somehow. I don't know how, but somehow she gets out of
0: there. I think it just kind of shows that she's resourceful and she can kind of find her way out of things.
1: Because
0: they make her that she's sort of, like, almost like... Her worldly views are very shallow because all she knows is almost this town and Gary Oldman's rule, and she's almost being kind of protected by Gary Oldman at the same time. And they do—they do. There's a good scene where they, it kind of comes back around where she's out looking for Denzel a second time, and she finds that girl with the, the fucking shopping cart who's the Patsy out there. Which I don't know how. Apparently, she, that girl with the shopping cart didn't get very far. And next thing you know, six other guys came by, gang banged her, and then like you will now be our new Patsy. <laughs>
1: Which that whole part, like, that, I like that, like, even though this is, like, a very moralist world, I kind of like how she, for a second, is like, oh, fuck, when she sees it's, like, a younger girl, she's like, no, no, you gotta go, you gotta go. She's like, well, I can help you, like, no, it's not supposed to be you, you gotta go, and then, like, well, they they make it out there, because Mila Kunis goes, oh, it's,
0: somebody's in danger, like, she doesn't know that, like, mm-hmm. hey, out here in the world, you can't trust anybody, she doesn't have that concept, which yeah. you think she probably would have that town, but, but apparently, just it's almost being sheltered. And sort of living, you know, in about the, as high society as you can get in, like, the wasteland. Mm-hmm. So she sees this person, like, oh, I gotta fucking help this person. And that girl's just like, no, 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 like, uh, I just, I literally have been stuck under this fucking shopping cart for, like, years. Go, be free, like, we're trying to capture the black man. <laughs> you know, and then all of a sudden these, like, guys come up, like, oh, we're gonna gangbang somebody now. And then they take her and they start, like, beating her and throwing her in this, like, dark uh, tunnel. And the next thing you know, fucking Denzel shows up and, like, blasts Shoots. one guy's fucking nuts off, which but apparently they- kills him.
1: With, yeah, through with like through, oh the, with
0: the crossbow he shoots with if they kill the cat which
1: would be which would be that which would I think it would be like a combination of things like a yeah that'd would, that would hurt b blood loss c the fucking shot like my nuts and you're like inner like your your, your body's me like no point in living just die, yeah, and then the other guy gets shot through the net through the neck then Denzel stand with the bow and arrow just like yeah, this is just Tuesday for me
0: he's like yeah three days ago i saw this bitch
1: yeah and then he then like he goes and they're just walking together and they have this scene where she's walking and she just kind of stops and she kind of like cries denzel's kind of standing at a distance but looking kind of somewhat like i don't know denzel denzel's that guy he could have the same facial expression for no matter what but you can tell that's sad denzel yeah that's happy denzel but he could have the same exact bored expression with the aviators like i know exactly what he's trying to do right now but they do this good scene where when Mila Kunis is just kind of, like,
0: stand there, it's almost like done like, just our like, walk through the desert, in a sense, of California. And it, she, it's almost like she realizes how horrible this outside world is. Like, you know, you think Gary Oldman's bad? Mm-hmm. You know, at least Gary Oldman's somewhat civilized, in a sense. He's not really a good person, but he's civilized, compared to, like, these total, total raider ruffians on the outside world mm-hmm. that, like, have no morals, have no higher power, nothing. It's just, everything's about survival, Fucking and killing and stealing, you know. It's like it's like the worst of the worst pirates you could possibly imagine. Yeah. You know, somebody who... In and, and this moment of no dialogue, you can tell that she kind of understands. And that this is, you know... This is what Denzel's been walking through for the last, the last 30 years. You know, this mm-hmm. whole world of having to survive and having to be, you know, stronger. But also being a better person, too.
1: And then they're just continuing on... Uh, we get a scene where they stop, they're, they're, they crash in one of the reactors, and he gives her, that's where he drops on her, yep, I've been, I've been following a voice, I'm just doing what I'm doing. It's and she can't it. really
0: understand it too, once again she's like, what? What do you mean somebody's telling you? He's like, I, I just hear this voice, you know, that, that's just what it is. And it doesn't really make any sense to her, but she starts to kind of understand, And
1: because um, a world without having any religious views, or anything like that. Then we get to like, probably what's one of the next best parts to me. And... That's where they come to this uh, house in the middle of nowhere. Just this old, beat-up house in the, this flat middle of nowhere. And, and, they, it, and it's just like, it's this old farmhouse. just looks like,
0: you know, it's totally like where, like, your grandpa and grandpa, or grandpa, 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 <laughs> grandpa, grandpa <laughs> and grandpa and grandpa, grandpa and Very progressive <laughs> gra- grandparents. <laughs> where your progressive grandparents would live in the, you know, in the future. They'd have this old farmhouse that they, like, <laughs> you know, started living at. You know, after the wasteland, it's almost like they kind of... Yeah, it's falling apart, and yes, it's dilapidated, but they're making the best of it. And they also have another interesting thing that you kind of notice, like, once you realize that Denzel's blind, watching it again, there's a sign that says, no trespassing. And then, when he comes up on them, they're like, don't you see the sign? It's like, I didn't see the sign. Ooh. You know, one of those many yeah. moments. And he even uses, like, kind of like echolocation when he's walking through there, too. You hear him kind of make these clicking sounds right before he gets up towards the deck. Yeah. So there's just those little small things I just started, like, you know, noticing throughout the movie. But he comes across this old couple, and they, you know, right when he knocks on the door, they pull a switch, and the the ground falls out, and they're in this kind of pit there. And then they realize that, like, oh, okay, these people are just two regular people. I think the way he kind of knows it is, like, well, here's a man, here's just a regular-looking girl. Like, that can't be, like, messed up in a sense, which seems kind of weird. But I guess maybe for the fact that she's not beat up, she's not mangled, it's like, oh, these are two, in a sense, civilized-looking people. They must be good. So they invite him in. And then they bring him tea. And throughout this whole movie, you you keep seeing these scenes where it's like, show me your hands. And then people go, okay, their hands are still. They're fine. But when she's bringing out the tea, her hands are shaky, 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 shaky. Sets it down, hands them the tea, and everything like that. And it's almost like they don't have to really explain it to you, but it's like it's there. And they're almost just having this conversation. Like, oh, yeah, me and George here, you know, we've been living out here and... You know, making a best. Yeah, I got to deal with some raiders and stuff here and there. But, oh, hell, that's oh, not too bad. You want some tunes? we got some tunes. George, get the fucking record player going. <laughs> oh, i get it, Martha. You shut the fuck up. Like, i got to deal with this bitch <laughs> stuff. It's almost like everybody loves Raymond when you <laughs> <to> get there.
1: <laughs> no, but, like, uh... So
0: they're just having this time, but you can kind of see that Denzel knows what's going on. M- Mila Kunis maybe is a little bit out of it. She still doesn't really get it. But she has an idea. So she, she has knows. an idea that this can't be something good. And then he goes like, I, I need to show you something. Well, George, you don't got to show him it right yet. We're well, having fucking tea with guests. He's like, no, I don't to
1: show him it, god damn it. Which that part, I will say, I mean, it's nothing to dock the movie down for. It seemed a little forced. Like, let me show you something. That's where I bury people. All right, let's go get some fucking tea. Well, <laughs> I, I think what
0: it was, was just saying, like, we're not fucking around. Like, the, I think it was just that kind of, it was almost like a threat. Like, okay, if you guys try to pull anything, look at how many people we've killed beforehand. I think that was the whole point of it. It was me be that, because in this world, once again, everything's kind of dangerous. danger. I mean, I think what these people are looking for, since these are like the oldest people in the movie, you know, mm-hmm. they're like 80 years old, they really remember a more civilized time. So they kind of feel like, this is great. There's these two people who are going to come over, they're going to have tea of us, it's going to be like the olden times, but I want to make sure that they know that, don't pull any funny business here, we got this fucking set up, we killed all these people, you know, because they got this graveyard of about like 30 people in their backyard, if not more. And they're like, well, it's the civilized thing to do. You don't just fucking kill a man and leave him there. You gotta bury him, you know. But these people try, you know. We had to defend the house multiple times. (laughs) And then the lady's like, oh, I got some sandwiches for you. And they got all this meat sitting here like that. And Denzel goes to milk. He's like, don't fucking eat that. That's human.
1: Yeah like they they like it's like, that's great for the soil like yeah they, they fucking hate these people and they get out of there and that's where it's like it's also one of those few the, the song the music they play they're playing it's probably because it's like one of the only records they could find they're playing ring my bell that disco ring yeah. ring my bell they're playing that song of all things well because i think because in this rule if it's like
0: 2040 and even though these people are like 80 years old well that would have been come almost like the music of their Time period, mm-hmm. you know, it would have been these. Maybe they've been ten years old in the seventies or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. I think it, it makes sense for that kind of thing. And the thing about it is, even though these people are cannibalists it doesn't make it out like they're like, oh, they're scary cannibalist people. You know what I mean? It's more like this is what they actually had to do to survive. it's literally, it's all a survival thing. It's like they had to kill these people that came to try to kill them, and just do the fact that there's not, you know, you can't just eat anything out here. Mm-hmm. They had to eat humans. It's not like they're eating humans to be evil. It's they're eating humans to survive. And You know, if if you end up eating, you know, human brains and human spinal stuff, then you get the shaky hand things. And it's like, technically, no being is made to eat themselves. That's why in Europe they had that problem, because they are feeding cows the cows. And then you get the Mm -hmm. mad cow cow disease. disease. So there's just, I don't know what it is, just biological-wise, just like you're not supposed to fuck your own, like, relatives. You're not Not supposed supposed to eat eat them, too. (laughs) (laughs) The more you know. Exactly. But then when we get this point, too, next thing you know, fucking Gary Oldman rolls up on him, because, like... Denzel's like we gotta get out of here sorry thanks for the tea fuck it we're out of here he goes outside like oh fuck here's Gary Oldman and the gang and they're all st- pulling up and this is where that megaphone of the Motorola comes in and he's like you know come on out
1: bring the goddamn book
0: and it's funny cause even though they were just about to like bust out of here he's like you fucking cannibals so, like fuck you they're all like now it's like oh fuck we're being invaded you know, hey, George, you got any fucking guns in this place? You're like, goddamn right, I got guns. And like, kicks with the couch, and there's just this arsenal underneath <laughs> there. And it's probably from all the people that try to, like, kill them and stuff. They've just collected all these guns over the years. So there's machine guns and shotguns and rocket launchers and all kinds of stuff inside there. Well, I guess not rocket launchers, but all these kind of guns in there, and they start loading up.
1: And it's almost just like, once again, it's like a Western, too. Now they're going to have this big fucking shootout at this old ranch house. And the thing about this shootout is it's, once again, does something different from the other ones. Where it will show like everybody firing on Gary Oldman's side, then it does this kind of zoom in, pans around, almost kind of like a Michael Bay like the thing Michael Bay does in a lot of his where movies. Where the camera circles, like everything's circling. Yeah, where I think it first started like in Bad Boys Two. That's you know? what I think because they're like they're just standing there. There's the camera circling them. It's just like we're looking cool, got guns. But this is a lot more gritty and rougher with it. It would stop and kind of goes inside the the house and they have a conversation real quick. She's like, "We are gonna get through this?" Like the voice said, "We did." We would. Then the, the pans over to the old people. It's just like, what did it say about us? It said, didn't say shit about you. And throws like a grenade out. <laughs> and then that goes back to Gary Oman, All of them firing, and then like it, one of them kind of pulls out like a minigun and just like and it's like a crank one too. It's like a Gatling gun. It's like. And, like, it just, it just, it's like a very short shootout, but it's fucking raw. But it's, yeah, it's, it's bad. Right. So
0: it was a part two where Ray Stevenson comes out with a rocket launcher, uh-huh. and he shoots it, and it hits Martha, and it just, like, blows out the side of the house and everything like that, and George goes over to him, is like, oh, Martha, you motherfuckers! And like, takes a gun, just starts firing off. Kills, kills a, a bunch, bunch of guys. guys. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of badass, because you watch this old man just, like, <laughs> kicking ass, He's probably got shaky hands, so it's amazing that he can hit anything. <laughs> Years of experience. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. And then he ends up getting shot up by the Gatling gun and everything, and just kind of goes down. Eventually get to the point where, fuck, we're captured, you know. So they get brought out, and he's like, where's the fucking book? He's like, I don't have the book. Where's the fucking book? Puts a gun to his head. And then he kind of realizes it doesn't make a difference, because if you kill Denzel, you're never going to get the book. Gary Oldman knows that. So he goes, since Milakuna's here, and that's almost like the problem of her falling around, in a sense why he doesn't want around, is if you're by yourself, there's there's pretty much you got none of this collateral you gotta worry about you're, you're all good but the second there's somebody else there then you're accountable for the side of so he grabs her he's like well I'll just fucking kill her and Ray Stevens is like no! not my prize! not my that's my retirement! <laughs> it's like his retirement pension as
1: he gets military in his don't kill her! I can live here! We can rebuild! Look at it! Look at it! It's a farm, farmhouse! There's a destroyed ace hardware right down the road! <laughs> Everything I dreamed of! Then this is like, actually, as intense and dark as this scene is, it's actually, it's topped off by just one little funny moment. It also says more about this world. He says like, Where's the books? It's behind the TV. Then he turns like, one of the one of the grunts, he says like, Go get the... Go get, go check the TV. The what? You gotta be fucking, you fucking kidding, kidding me. Kate. Go get the TV. Go get the book. It looks like Ray Stevens. <laughs> well, that thing, there's no TV in this world, you know? So he, he wouldn't know. I just thought it was funny. Like, I, I understand it, but it's just funny to me. Like, go check the TV. The what? Oh, you gotta be the, the thing <laughs> with the fucking box and the. God damn it! <laughs> yeah. And then, like, Ray, when Ray Stevens goes and gets it, it's just like. It's all these small, like, quiet moments of this movie that I think really make it stand out among. Other post-apocalyptic films, and he grabs the he grabs the Bible and he just kind of looks at it like he doesn't want to do this. But he even though he grabs it, it holds on him for a minute longer than he (laughs) He needs. He looks around the house like. This could have been it. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: taking it in, like, this sort of, like, exercise story that's the not really... The River
1: by Bruce Springsteen starts to play. As <laughs> Down by the like, crests... As he, like, crisses his hands across, like, the rubble and Bible. Him, t- touches, like, goes up the stairs and kind of just, like, touches... <laughs> like, like a five-minute montage and comes up, yeah, right, just here's the cuts back the girl, I'm like, where the fuck is he? Getting... Then We're he just just comes back, f- yeah, here's the, the music's playing again when he's back in the house. <laughs> <laughs> then he comes back, just abrupt, yeah, here's the book. Music just stops he looks back fucking <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Ray, get back in the truck and drive god damn it yeah. so that's where he's just like oh, i got the book and then like this is like just total gary Ullman evil shit but it's it's great and he just like he looks at it he just smells the paper he's like god is good isn't he he's just like yes he is it's like well not all the time shoots denzel point blank in the stomach and lightning it, goes off that same moment. Yeah, at the
0: same time. And the whole point he was like, "It's like,
1: see, he's just a man like all of us, no different than anybody else around here." Mm-hmm. Goes down. They drag Mila Kunis, and this is like just one of those like haunting kind of like Gary Oldman. Once he just leans in, gets inches from like Denzel's face, he's like, "Pray for me," and then just leaves him lying yeah. there in front of like this bull, bullet-ridden house that Ray Stevens will never have, <laughs> that he wants and never has. <laughs>
0: and then next thing you know they're driving away and everything like that going back and they got millicunas in the back and then she ends up taking just like some shoelaces or something like that and fucking strangles the driver and everything and then it fucking flips the car over her and everything and she breaks out takes this grenade fucking chucks it at one of the other ones blows it up and everything like that and then it just kind of like action sort of goes down and then gary oldman kind of goes out and leaves because they realize that they don't have enough gas I think right here yeah
1: that's that's one of the smart things it's kind of like things you want to like why don't they just chase her down like well they don't got enough gas
0: he's like we only got we we got barely enough gas to get back do you want to follow her he's like no it's not worth it and then here's the part where the like, this, <laughs> the river starts playing again the race Stevens' character because mila kunis goes back into like the fucking suburban and gets in there and he just looks at her like not even like angry or anything like that he's just got this fucking knife stuck in his chest from the car accident looks at her Opens the door, or he pulls it out slowly, sets it down. Like, you know, he could just, like, but he's just, like, looks there. fucking the river starts (laughs) flowing. And he steps outside the car and just kind of kneels down and takes off his, like, pitch black glasses, sets them on his forehead, like, looks at the sun, like, almost like, here's my last moment. I'm just going to try to take it all in. And then dies right there it's it's really like that ray steven's character is almost the most touching character of this movie and it's not really even explained a whole lot of things it's almost if you take it to the next level and you just think about it even harder Mm -hmm. here's this guy who's just trying to get by literally in life you know he's the guy who he's taken that promotion to the you know the (laughs) highest level job he knows he's not working for a good company he knows it's horrible but he just he's trying to live the american dream during the wasteland and this is what he's doing for it and in the process, he doesn't get it, and he ends up dying, but he accepts it.
1: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that is... He is probably one of the best characters of this movie, and it's not even, like... You could have taken all that dialogue and put it into a different performance, and it would have seemed like a generic right-hand man villain. Mm-hmm. But it's all his little... I'm not sure if it was the Hughes brothers or all his own little choices. His own little, little small details he would do, just, you know, emphasizing on just, like... I don't know about this, or kind of like looks of guilt, or even that kind of thing of just trying to take in that last moment right there. Yeah, like all that—that's kind of that's what I think so good about Ray Stevens in the movie is how it, it's not, hes not written to be to stand out. He just stands out just because of what he does with his character. Exactly. It just there, there is a
0: grand performance just in that. And then after and he's
1: that... And he's just the goon. He's just the right-hand man. That's all he yeah, is. Yeah, he's a
0: character that, like, somebody else could have wrote a script like that and just had him be totally, like, kind of tossed aside. And I guess, while we're talking about the script, the guy that wrote it is kind of interesting because this guy's name is Gary, like, Widow. What? yeah. And he's the editor-in-chief of PC Gamer.
1: Oh, I didn't know so, that.
0: So, even though they kind of say that they're not inspired by Fallout, I cannot believe that somebody who fucking works for PC Gamer was <laughs> not inspired by... Of course you played Fallout from the beginning if that's who you were. You know, obviously, you played Fallout One, Two, Fallout Tactics Three, and well, you know. I'd say
1: this is closer to Fallout. I mean, because even though Fallout is just a
0: maybe giant- the Hughes brothers
1: might not been inspired by it
0: because maybe they never played it, but yeah, I know for a fact that that guy, <laughs> yeah, that guy's got Fallout written all over his resume. Yeah,
1: PC game that's before Fallout Three, before
0: everybody knew Fallout. Oh yeah, so he's like old school Fallout. And and like, he also he also wrote, he wasn't after, after Earth, yeah, he wrote after Earth, and he's actually wrote on Rogue One. Yep. I, I think they have other writers and stuff that have taken over since then, but he was one of the original ones there. And then the other kind of cool thing is he had a little bit of writing credits on some video games too. I think he, Duke Nukem Forever, I think he was also a writer on some stuff for Gears of War, and other little projects, and then he also does a video game podcast. So it seems kind of like, check it check it's a a different guy to write a script than you would normally get. It's a guy, work, I mean... He's definitely a guy who's got a lot of power and stuff like that, because PC Gamer is one of the biggest, you know, magazines ever. I remember being as a kid, you know, sometimes you would get a couple of those issues, even though you were more into, like, Nintendo and things like that. You'd still look at those PC Gamer magazines. They came with a fucking demo disc every single time, so it was always a good selling point.
1: Well, the thing about uh, that right there, I think that, like, this movie, it's probably, because, you know, Fallout is really just a big mish of a bunch of different post-apocalyptic yeah, stories. Yeah, it's like Road
0: Warrior, Boy and His Dog, as
1: well as like 1950s and 60s sci-fi horror. propaganda stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I think that like this movie, I mean, I, so I think you could watch Mad Max in Fallout and see a big enough difference. You'll see similarities, mm-hmm. but I think since it's such a combination of things, it comes across as a uh, it comes across as its own thing where this one I almost feel like if you changed a few things around and had some more science fictiony stuff in there this could be the fallout movie oh yeah this movie is like it
0: really is like a hop skip, and a jump away from being the fallout movie I think that's almost what's missing maybe all is you need mutant.
1: all you needed was like a super mutant and, and then a maybe, laser gun and you'd- <laughs> a laser gun and maybe like some like mul- like irradiated mole rats beyond that you'd probably have like this would be like the fallout movie yeah because in a
0: sense this is fallout without like almost like the sci-fi Mm-hmm. In mean, they're not really fantasy, but just more super sci-fi in this because it's not slightly really,
1: fantasy because no no off- no offense to religious people who listen to us it's fantasy because oh, well, oh, the, <laughs> the religious thing, which I'm not trying. That sounds very kind of Yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to be like you know that atheist like oh you like like you know that. Like, like, but it's true. It is fantasy. I mean, like the, that's what religion is. It's fantasy.
0: Mm. You know, it's no different because if somebody's gonna call fucking Norse fantasy. Fucking Christianity's fancy. What's the difference?
1: Mm, exactly. Right. You know what I mean? I get what you're saying. Yeah, I'm not just, I'm not trying to be that guy who's just trying to shit on, like, people's, like... I'm, I'm not sure I mean, not. I'm just pointing out the truth. <laughs> God damn it. Just I, ain't, sl- I ain't gonna bullshit you, boy. <laughs> just trying to slap some smarts into you, so <laughs> yeah, I'm No, but, like... That's uh, what the dad keep yeah. up. He's like, leaving in those fucking nudie magazines. <laughs> He's like, God doesn't look at the nudie magazine. But he took it from, him. you know, that dad was jerking off to it later you jerking off you like <laughs> well the evangelical television program's going on yeah. <laughs> so then after then like you know so Mil- Mil- takes the Suburban and fucking goes to find Denzel he's walking with a gunshot wound and he's like oh I gotta keep going I gotta, I gotta go keep- west gotta go west and that's when they come to oh shit they're They are in California because that's San Francisco. uh, This always makes me laugh in like every movie. And I know why they do it because it's like it's a landmark. But they always go over the Golden
0: Gate Bridge, which is like the most impractical bridge to go over going to San Francisco because the Golden Gate Bridge goes north. When if you're coming to San Francisco from the west, you would have to take the Bay Bridge. But nobody wants to go over the Bay Bridge because it's not iconic or anything like that. It's like, unless you're going to, like, Sausalito or something like that, you don't fucking go over... Nobody goes over the Golden Gate Bridge. It's like, you know what I mean? But in, in every, every movie, they always show people coming in that direction, which you know they never would. It's like, also in, like, Big Trouble in Little China, when Kurt Russell's coming in on the Pork Chop Express here. He's going over the Golden Gate it just always makes you laugh, because that one, I mean, maybe it's a little bit different. Maybe he was coming from
1: Sausalito or something like that, but... They drove through Sausalito real quickly. It's <laughs> yeah. like, this is a really nice part of town. Okay. Yeah, they got a cool anime shop here. <laughs> A little Tintin tin shit. When
0: I was a kid, I used to always love going to Sausalito because I always knew that they had this sweet anime and action figure shop up there that like
1: you couldn't get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. It seems like it was so weird for Sausalito of all things. No, <laughs> no it's it? all like it seems so fine. weird for a fucking ten year old boy to be so excited to go to Sausalito. <laughs> Which is all like you know, it, don't wrong. It's, it's very, like yuppie as fuck. It's like, it's it's very beautiful, but yeah, yuppie as fuck. It's like we got some fine cheeses, some wine tasting, <laughs> oh, and then there's live this jazz. He's with-
0: Japanese anime and action figures plays over here I guess you could go to because like at that time period it was just like pre-internet pre-all this stuff and they had like fucking you know all these action figures straight from Japan it like blew your mind
1: like yes Chaz Chaz and Chad's son likes that shit over here (laughs) yeah they're very progressive I mean you wouldn't think they vote Republican but they do (laughs) you (laughs) know But so
0: they get to San Francisco, and then they start. They take this little rowboat across. And you can tell that Denzel's kind of, like, dying at this point. Because first he's rowing, and then all of a sudden he can't do it anymore. So Mila Kunis takes over. And they got these cool shots of San Francisco all destroyed and whatnot. But it, it's almost like the difference is, is that even though it's destroyed and everything, it's almost like coming back to life. They even have a neat scene when they get close to San Francisco when they're like, Can you smell it? There's salt in the air. We're getting close. And it shows this big wide shot where you can see, like, Here's desert, and it fades into where things are starting to get green again.
1: Because yeah, there is so much more color when they get to San Francisco. Yeah,
0: because the whole movie
1: is almost practically... It's close to being black and white. It's very
0: desaturated. Gray, maybe, maybe some really, really dark green. Yeah, maybe. some brown, some things like that, but nothing. No real bright colors. But when you get to San Francisco, there's water, and the bridge is red, and the grass is green, and these things start popping a little bit more.
1: Things are destroyed, but there's a lot more color to it.
0: And then when they go out to Alcatraz... Which I don't know. It's like the calling was just like God's. Like God wants you to go to jail.
1: <laughs> it, it could have been turned to some horrible movie. It's just like yeah, God is he's this old racist white man who wants a black man to go to jail. <laughs> it's, old, it's Old Testament God. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't care. You're the you're the descendant of Cain or whatever that bullshit was. Yeah, know? he's like what God sees you as is a goddamn arrow. <laughs> <laughs> just, you Muslim, you get to jail now. God damn He's like, well, I, I followed my dreams for this. Yes, you did. Credits. <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm McDowell comes out. Hey, there's one of them. Hey, <laughs> starts shooting guns in the air all root-tooting.
0: <laughs> but they get that Alcatraz, and instead, it's like, in here, Malcolm McDowell, who does actually almost look like about as so things could be, he's got this, like, long white hair. It looks like he could be owning the plantation for all we know, but it's Malcolm McDowell, so you know. You know you can trust him. <laughs> <laughs> what role has he never been untrustworthy? Yeah. <laughs> So he's in here and they kind of got this thing where he's like, oh, so you got like a museum here. He's like, well, not really. It's more of like a progressive, you know, view of the future. And they've kind of just collected all this stuff in there. You see that they got books and they got technology and they got a printing press and they're getting all these things going. And the whole thing is that, hey, we're going to build back, you know, America starting with this place. This this is the forerunning, you know, set of it all here. This is ground zero. And as they get there, it's like the way he gets in. He's like, "Oh, I got to copy the New Testament." So it's like, "Oh, fuck, let this guy in." Yeah, you know. And this whole time is because you know Gary Oldman's got it, so you're kind of thinking about like, "Well, wait a second, did he switch the books out? Did he cut out the pages on the inside and put like a telephone book or something there?" You start questioning all these things like the first time you watch it, going like, "What? Well, what, what do you mean?" And Gary Oldman, he has it. It's the book's locked, so he can't get it open on his own. So he's, when he's driving back. He's got to go get fucking Tom Waits to open it up for him because he's the, the only mechanic in town. And it keeps cutting back and forth. And then next thing you know, it says, like, okay, well, there are Denzel tells, Gum Malcolm McDowell's like, okay, well, I got it here. So just get a paper and a pen and we can get this going. And it's funny because he doesn't even question it. Because you know that somebody would be like, you said you had a fucking copy of it. You said it was in bad condition
1: too. he's like, yeah, well, all
0: right here. It's like,
1: for all we know, you could be just making this shit up. But he's like, "No, I got it down." Like, okay, well, l- let's get going. Then Frodo throws the ring into the <laughs> pit <of> fire. He's been reading this different book this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> that's when Boba Fett comes in and kills Moby Dick. <laughs> he's just, he just, just literally shit. just like making shit up. <laughs> and that's when Jesus says, "Get off my plane!" <laughs> and kicks Gary Oldman out. <laughs> Who's this scary Omega guy? He's just a fucking dick. Yeah, put that in the fucking
0: book. But they have this like instead they do it like in in, like a very like straight way of doing it and serious. But it works well that he just starts really reading all this off to him, you know. And he you know he gets taken care of his wound gets kind of like you know not healed, but like you know he's getting dressed up like this and he's even in like this white kind of gown thing like he almost is this priest with a shaved head like a monk in this you know here Mm -hmm. to tell this. And Malcolm McDowell's just writing it all down, writing it all down, and stuff. And then it cuts back to fucking Gary Oldman and t- uh, Tom Waits, and they're opening it, and he's like, be careful, be careful. And he's just like, do my fucking job. <laughs> he's there, and he's trying to break the lock and everything like that. And then he finally pops it open and everything like that, and Tom Waits goes to look at it. Gary Oldman slaps it down, and he's like, no, mine. mine. He drag it drags it over. Almost it's like a Smeagol-like fashion. Mine <laughs> it's precious. And then, He slowly opens it up and then looks at it and goes, what the fuck? And he starts flipping through it. And at first, you can't really tell what it is. Like, almost like you're watching movies. Like, oh, was there something like a blank pages in there or something like that? Like, Mm -hmm. and he starts flipping through. He's like, no, no, what is this? What is this? And then it kind of just, like, focuses in on it. And you realize it's like, oh, it's all fucking Braille. And this is where it all kind of clicks. It's like, this book he's been reading every single time, it's the Bible in Braille. And that, so that's what it signifies, like, oh, fuck, he is blind. Like, before this, you don't really, there's, I mean, there's all these little cues, but you never don't really notice it. I mean, maybe if you were really mm-hmm. picking up on it, you could maybe do it. Because always
1: had his hand on the book whenever he had it opened.
0: Yeah, he always had, he was always touching and everything like that. And you just thought, maybe, like, he's just putting his, you know, finger underneath the line like a child or something like that, so he yeah. doesn't lose a spot. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs>
1: you find, oh, no, that's what, <laughs> like... That's when he brings the the blind lady in. He's, He's like, like read it. Read this, this shit?
0: shit. She's like, well, I haven't done this like in many years. I was like,
1: fucking learn, bitch.
0: <laughs> and, and then and then from this point on, it's almost like she, she goes like, she has almost this nice speech. I don't know if it's in that same exact scene, but she does the thing where she's all like, you've killed, you wasted so many lives, destroyed so much of this town just for this book. And even though you have it sitting right here in front of it, it might as well be a million miles away from you because there's nothing you can do with it. You know, it's useless to you. And and she just kind of goes through that, and that's where she touches his forehead and goes, like, you're infected, you're diseased, you know, you're going to die. And she almost has a smirk on her face, like, you finally got what you deserve for being, like, this evil bastard.
1: Yeah, and that's where you know, that's where he kind of, like, Gary Oldman staggers out, looks down his balcony and sees, like, his whole bar is going being crazy. Raped and pillaged. And there's just some dude sitting there in the center on a chair, like, low in his, his shotguns. Last, his, la- his last employee just sitting there, like, looks up at him like, what do you want to do, man? And just loads of shotgun just sitting there. Just like, if anybody fucks with me, I'll shoot them. But I'm just going to chill here because I can't do nothing else.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And you just see that his kind of whole world
0: has been torn up and destroyed. And In a sense, he wasted all this time just to get this one book that he wanted to use to conquer and destroy other people's stuff. But in fact, it ended up destroying him.
1: Yeah, and that's just... Because that's something they don't bring into a lot of movies. Like, oh, yeah, you shot your load and manpower while trying to get this thing. They never really go into that in too many action films. And that's cool they went into that. that, That's one of the things, like, it's all the small little details this movie has that I think makes it stand out among other post-apocalyptic films. Well, yeah. That right there, the small little things, like, with Ray Stevens, the small things with, like, Tom Waits. How they don't spoon feed you how the world works—you just see how no. the world works, and they never really
0: tell you what happened. They, you know, all you know is that some kind of nuclear bomb attack, but they don't. There's not really a reason. Obviously, it must be religion's kind of what they're going with, but they don't. Nothing's ever really told, and you just kind of almost in, you know indulge this movie, absorb it, and kind of the more you watch it, the more you get to kind of make up with it and just kind of piece these things together, which is always really cool. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it kind of a nice film. And through this, he's like, now you just realize that that's the end, and Gary Oldman is just. He's dying. He's dying. And he almost kind of... You can even see at this moment, he just kind of gives up. Like in, in his mind, it's not like he's like that evil like scientist. Like, no! My work! Oh. It's just that, like... Fuck. He accepts it. And it's just like, fuck. Mm-hmm. And I'll just die. You know? It's just like, I, there's nothing I can do.
1: Mm-hmm. And then... And he's... then it cuts
0: back. And it's almost like both these characters actually... Because it's, it's, they keep going back and forth. And then the way the movie does it, it does it really well. Where it keeps bouncing back from Denzel and Alcatraz, like, writing the book down to Gary Oldman trying to get the book open and going back and forth, back and forth. And they almost have parallel, like, endings where you finally cut back and they've, they've, you know, um, Malcolm McDowell's written down this whole book. They're getting it ready for the printing press. You know, all this stuff like that. And in the process, after the book is done, um, Denzel's doing this narration saying, like, you know, I did it. I fulfilled your, like, dream god. Got this going, blah, 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 blah. And he ends up passing away. And they go out and he's buried out in the backyard of Alcatraz. And there's a little stone that says Eli on it. And that was like it was almost like his goal in life was to do that. And from that point, his mission's done, so it's over with. And then the same thing with Gary Oldman, you know, cuts back, he's in bed, he's dying.
1: You well, know. They don't that's actually a deleted yeah, scene. Yeah, it's a deleted scene. But that that scene, I'm glad they took that out because that gives him closure, because he's sitting there dying, and she's reading the book to him. It's silent, but he's reading the book, she's reading the book to him. And I think that what actually works better is the fact she's like, you know. Fuck you! And leaves him to die. I well, think- I picture it like in that deleted scene. I don't picture it like she's reading the book to him.
0: I picture it. He's dead, and it's- now she's reading the book because she doesn't have to read it to him. Like, that that, be- that's how I see it. Is he? He passed away, so now she she can read it because make it, She wants to know, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So I see it more like that, and it's almost that like they both end up dying, you know, going after the same goal but in completely different directions. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of like, it doesn't have any ending where Mila Kunis takes up almost like the mission, whatever the next mission from God is, from, from mm-hmm. Denzel. She takes out his blade, she takes out all his gear. Dressed like him. Yeah, dresses like him and then goes to, you know, the Rome, the
1: Wasteland. Which, she takes his iPod too, which I wonder like takes, I won't be buried with the iPod. <laughs> that's the only thing. so <laughs> like, do we have to, you know? Like, she, would, like, she doesn't know what fucking music is. <laughs> no Yeah. But then she kind of goes I which I will
0: say could make for a sweet sequel. I would not mind seeing a book of Eli's does It does it doesn't need one, no, but it would be kind of interesting to see what this next mission is. The
1: book of uh, Solaris. Yeah, book of Solaris. Yeah.
0: Or Solara. Solara, yeah, I guess not Solaris. Solaris is the fucking thing in do you see that? Superman. Oh, yeah, that thing in Superman,
1: yeah. <laughs> the, 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 moon, the, the sun eater. <laughs> yeah, the sun eater. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, I don't know how to warm the way, Just has this big amoebus blob thing <laughs> following him around. No! <laughs> Girl and her Solaris. Best of friends, friends. till the very end girl it's,
0: and her glorious I didn't
1: see that movie but you, I, got,
0: you got you guys. I actually just bought that movie because I was like I gotta own that one that movie's so good such a cool film mm-hmm. and I went I was like ah gotta go out and buy it plus the, the dog's voice in that movie sings that song too that's what makes yeah. it cool
1: he just sang to the boy like boy and his dog. well it comes yeah. up like in the title
0: sequence so you don't really think about it but it's the same actor <laughs> <laughs> still
1: <Best laughs> <of> French till <laughs> the very end what comes to mind is Disney's Robin Hood when I hear that <laughs> song. i little girl running through the forest jerking off the fucking EJ yeah, in the butt. Hey. <laughs> I don't know. We, <laughs> were gonna, we were gonna get there eventually. I don't know if we had a jerk off or fucking the ass joke earlier in the show. But we but, couldn't. We were gonna get there sooner or later. But that was pretty much the whole movie there and it's just to me it's like I'd say as far as it's up there with
0: like you know Mad Max being like the other top ones a boy and his dog. You know there was like another movie that's kind of like similar and it came right before this one called like The Road but it was like uh, the bad it was like the one where it's like that movie looks so badass on the cover. And I know I'm basing everything off the cover on that movie when I bought it because we were so amped
1: up. We are like, we were amped oh up. Oh my god, Vigo Mortison and the boy? like, <laughs> That was like Vigo Mortison and the boy. <laughs> we even really? came up with a fucking fake song for we, You got it? We were driving to my place to watch it. We even, like, like all up. pumped up fucking like. <laughs> Vigo and the boy. I came up with a fake
0: song. <laughs> and it's me. like almost like people are like, that's
1: not what the movie's called. It's called The Road. Well,
0: The Road's a fucking boring ass name. Vigo
1: and the boy sounds so much cooler. <laughs> and then we watched the movie, and the thing is, yeah, a lot of people love The Road, maybe the book is better, because people I know love the book, but it's, the thing about the movie is it's just kind of like, I understand what it's trying to do, the movie's trying to be a lot more of a, sit uh, um, like a simple kind of thing, it's trying to do like, alright, they're just trying to avoid death, and it would just be a lot of, oh, there's trouble this way, let's go around over here, oh, let's we got go all that over- pretty easily, and then like what would happen is the few times, that, I mean, you know, eventually Viggo Mortensen dies, but over like something small but it'd be one of those things like they like no real action would happen but you found out some of the things they're trying to avoid would have made easier if they just didn't avoid he was almost too he was almost too like worried for everything if he trusted people a little more he probably would have survived probably would have been a little easier one of those things at the end but in all honesty though I don't want to be a dick because I know a lot of people love that book and that movie that makes for somewhat of a boring story to me I understand I also, I was trying to be experimental. Movies, I've
0: always kind of wondered... I don't think I have it. I think, I think I actually almost sold the movie. I'm not too sure. But, like, I almost wouldn't mind watching it again just to see if I might appreciate it a little bit more the second time. But, yeah, I just... To me, like, because maybe it was one of those ones we were going in there just expecting it to be, like, just some fucking... Pretty
1: much Book of Eli before Book of Eli. I always expected a bunch of action, but I thought more, like scary things or more well, like still peril. Actually, no. yeah. I, I, I assume more peril would happen but it would just be like oh shit there's a big group of guys let's hide them oh, they oh okay the they're gone alright now I'm going to have a flashback about Charlize Theron before she goes wandering off into the snow and dying you know. Yeah I don't know it was just one of those movies like maybe I'll have a little bit more appreciation I'm not going to yeah. say it's kind of like, be like oh
0: this movie's spoken fucking amazing but I might like it a little bit more if I watched it again but
1: still. And the intense yeah. things of kind of like look I'm going to kill I might have to kill like I like I'm not saying, I mean, it's a horrible thought, really, but the whole thing, like, I might have to kill my son before they find him. Like, the idea he has the, son, the gun pointed to his son's head in case the bad guys find it to both of them. Yeah. Like, that's kind of like, oh, wow, that's something I never really thought well,
0: there There's cool stuff in that movie. It's not a, It's not like it's a bad movie. It's just kind of like, it's just, like, just kind of bland. That's kind of how I felt. It was It was totally like your bland Mad Max movie. It felt like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Even though I know Book of Eli came afterwards, it feels like a cheap knockoff of Book of Eli. Mm, you know. Book, it's like
1: the book of eli just like they saw that and book of eli's like you know what we can make this really be- you know that movie that you wish you were getting when <laughs> let's change the color palette and let's give him a fucking sword yeah. done you the know? sword will be like his boy because <laughs> book of is just it is literally like pure perfect imagine if ego mortis just grabbed the kids start swinging around at people just imagine that and i'll just make it denzel instead and make yeah. that boy a sword you know <laughs> you know
0: it's one of those movies just I would say yeah, it's definitely up. It's like that and like Mad Max being like the best kind of like, I'm say Mad Max probably like Road Warrior being like the best kind of like post apocalyptic movies out there.
1: I think my favorite. I don't want to be like the the new bandwagon fan, but my favorite post fourth one, fourth one. I love Fury Road. That was like my favorite movie that came out last year. I yeah, love Fury movie.
0: Road is fucking amazing though. That's like. Yeah, because I I guess that's the thing is, you're just kind of fighting with
1: classicness. That was was like literally, I was, that was the first time in a long time I was like, wowed since I was a kid. It's kind of weird how something could be like, there's that period in time where, oh wow, look at those robots transforming, how they do that. Now it's one of those things like, it's not hard. That was the last time CG really impressed me. Now CG, it's like, I can see really cool CG. But it doesn't really I think I've seen, I feel like I've seen that all already. So now yeah. when you actually kinda of go back to you know what real we're, movies we're really gonna crash some shit into some other shit. And that, how that almost kind of brings it back,
0: you know? Yeah, it, it's funny because it's just you haven't seen it in such a long time other than watching older movies, so it's kinda neat. Mm-hmm. But no, yeah, Mad Max and that's funny. When I first watched Mad Max walking on the theater, I was like, This movie's amazing. People are probably gonna hate the fuck out of it though. Like that was my I I just didn't think anybody was gonna like that movie other than Super Mad Max fans, because it felt so balls to the wall, full of action. So Mad Max as can be. So like you have to be fucking into like the wasteland kind of shit to enjoy this movie. And strangely enough, people ended up loving the hell out of it, which just blows my mind because I just
1: did not think that at all. A small little thing relates to Mad Max, and then we'll probably close out the whole yeah. be light conversation. But one small little thing, I this happened to me like probably two or three weeks ago by now. I actually got to meet uh, Courtney Eaton, who was the uh, one of the slave girls in. Um, the mordon joe's like whole harem
0: oh yeah 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 yeah. you did mention that
1: yeah um i won't like say the re- name of my job or anything basically i'm short and simple but i work in tourism and uh i had this young couple come up and the girl uh like the girl was kind of like oh this girl looks kind of familiar but i didn't think anything of it so i got them out of there they came back later and um there is this young like there's this little girl that was like really shy around them, and she she asked she's like, "Can I take a picture with you?" The boy, the, the guy, her boyfriend's like, "Yeah, sure." Took a boy, took a picture. Like, "Oh, are you is are you like an actor or something?" They're like, "Yeah, I'm in some Disney Channel stuff." But she's actually in um, she was actually in Mad Max Fury Road. I'm like, I looked at like, "Oh yeah, I saw that. that. That was like that was an awesome movie. You did a great job." I was like, "Oh, thank you so much." She's really nice. And then I said. um... I'm in fucking Spunkle's the rabbit. (laughs) Then I, like, I could have just stopped there, but here's me just doing the thing I do, which is fuck up whenever I meet, like, a celebrity. I was just like, yeah, I love that movie. Like, I'm so glad you like it. Like, that was my favorite movie I saw last year. Like, yeah. Then I just, like, I don't know. I felt the need to say something else. I was just like, yeah, my favorite part is, like, you know, when, like, you know, they grab like when they like uh they get the hook around lord humongous like a morning joe's mouth rips his jaw that part was like amazing that part like just threw me a curveball like yeah that part shocked me too so i'm like you know that part that had nothing to do with you the most gory part of the movie (laughs) wasn't that awesome you know (laughs) so i feel like i was kind of a dumbass but regardless they were both really nice so there you go yeah well perfect
0: but yeah check out book of eli If you haven't already seen it, I'll put a little Amazon link right there in the description. Um, You can find podcasts on oldmanorange.com where more podcasts, movies and music and all kinds of fun stuff are located. If you want to leave a review on iTunes, that can help us out too. If you want to go that extra distance, we also got a Patreon page. Just look up Old Man Orange. Support the podcast a little bit. But other than that, I'm Spencer Scott Holmes.
1: I'm Ryan Donegan. We'll see you next time. Later, folks.
0: Old Man Orange Podcast. Check out our website at oldmanorange.com for even more podcasts, cartoons, videos, music, and more. Send us an email at oldmanorangepodcast at yahoo.com. Be sure to subscribe, share, rate, and review us on iTunes, Podomatic, or any of the other fine sites we might be located on. If you want to help out even more, click on the Amazon or GameStop links on our webpage before you make any purchases there. It won't cost you a penny, but it sends us a little something our way. Thanks again, and tune in next week for more Old Man Orange Podcast.